The latest RLIF rankings are in. The 2021 Women's World Cup nations have been announced. Should the Gold Coast Titans be relocated and Rugby League rebooted? I'm Michael Carboni. These topics and so much more on episode 31 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chasing Kangaroos, episode 31. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, but we're back, ready to go, and we've got plenty to talk about. In fact, uh, we, we had our Instagram uh, followers vote for the topics they wanted to hear tonight, just so we could cut it down to our usual three topics. And I've got a very special guest host, or not really a guest host, he's the original, one of the original hosts and founders of this show. He just hasn't been around for a little while. Jake Watson, welcome back, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Man, I'm pretty good, man. Been doing this, uh, not really on my own. I've had some special guest hosts. I've had uh, some interviews. You've been too kind. You've been doing it all yourself. Let's mate, mate, I've had some. I had a little bit of help from some great guest hosts, and people have really responded well to it. So we'll keep that going. But, man, you're back. Um, and we're talking a little bit earlier. The last time you were on this show was episode 15. This yeah, is episode fifth. This is episode 31. I did originally tell you I was only going to be gone for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Well, mate, that couple of weeks kept going and going and going. and uh, But like I said, had a lot of fun, had some great guest hosts. And look, that's going to continue. I'm still going to get the occasional guest hosts. There's still a couple of interviews lined up for, for this month as well. So that's still going to be happening. But, but Jake, I will say it is good to have you back. And uh, for the listeners who have no fucking clue who you are because you haven't been around for half of the life of this podcast, um, just quickly... What's your pedigree? I know I've got no pedigree at all. I'm just a fan. You're a little bit better off than I am. Well, well I'm not t- much better, but I played for Washington DC Slayers, played juniors for Para, and a bit of Oztag for Greece. That's about all. You say it like it's nothing, <laughs> mate. I just, you know, travelled around the world playing a little bit of rugby <laughs> league. That's, <laughs> mate, we love it. Man, we've got some topics tonight, and I, I mentioned we had some vote, a bit of voting going on on our Instagram page. Yeah, it was so. good. Mate, the topics were, so I sort of grouped them in twos and let the people vote. So we're going to have uh, either Dutch, the Dutch Rugby League Grand Final uh, or the new RLIF rankings. Uh, the rankings went out there with 71% of the vote. So we'll talk about that tonight. We had the Women's World Cup Nations, which were announced uh, along with the Wheelchair Nations as well, or Jamaica announcing their England Knights match for later in the year. Uh, the World Cup Nations won out that vote with 69%. And a little bit closer with the third third topic, so should the GC Titans, the Gold Coast Titans, be relocated? It's been a big big talking point here in Australia. Or could Lebanon drop out of the World Cup nines later in the year? So uh, the Titans topic, 54% of the vote, just edged out the Lebanon topic there. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight, mate. I've got to say, I agree with the followers. They're all the topics I voted for as well. So I'm happy about that. You might have just nudged the Gold Coast Titans to the top there with, with your vote, perhaps. Mate, we've also got a bonus topic tonight because yesterday... Uh, the Nines World Cup pools and trial rules were announced by the NRL. And uh, this is an international rugby league podcast, so we're going to talk about that as well. Makes sense. Mate, we'll finish off with some golden points too. We've got a shitload to talk about. Why don't we get stuck in? Topic number one, and the RLIF have released their mid-year international rankings last week. Not a lot of movement, Jake, but mate, who were the big movers and shakers uh, in the rankings so far this year? I think the most obvious move was Cook Islands. They moved from 45th on the rankings up to the 28th spot. And they've they even got more chance to progress later on in the year because they've got, still got games against USA to come and they're also taking part in the Oceana Cup. So Yeah, so that'll be next year. So definitely some, some room to move for the Cook Islands. They jumped 17 places. Mo- most, of the, um, most of the rankings are the same. In fact, You've got Australia number one, England number two, New Zealand number three, Tonga number four. In fact, the entire top 12 remain the same, so not a lot of movement there. Uh, Jamaica and Italy swap spots, so Jamaica now 13, Italy 14. Jamaica with that another win over the USA this year, of course. Greece jumped three spots to number 16 after their uh, World Cup qualification match against Norway. But as you said, Cook Islands, after their one game against South Africa, 66 point to 6 victory. It's a big win. 
was a massive win. And a lot of people sort of like, um, I've heard a lot of people complaining and, and sort of arguing on social media about, you know, why the Cook Islands jumped so much after playing one game. Um, so I had a little dig uh, into the RLIF website to look at and, and asked a few questions as well, just to see exactly how it works. And look, it's a little bit, um, it's it's sketchy. Like the details. Well, I had a quick look at it today. Um, I think it needs a bit of work, to be honest. There's, it's a bit, I don't know, the way, they're, the way they're working it at the moment, teams can jump very easily but there's also other teams that don't seem to move much it feels like the lower down the rankings you are it's obviously very close points wise so you can you know one game for the cook islands which is a world cup qualifier and a margin of 60 points sees a considerable jump according to the rlif so the rankings are based on the same criteria used across major team sports across around the world um, and they're updated by a sports data expert. Now, games are weighted based on the gravity of games being played. So, for example, a World Cup game or, or qualifier, in the case of Cook Islands, carries a higher point status than just your normal bilateral test match. So the, yep. the, the that's why the Cook Islands jumped so much. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they play one game and, and all of a sudden they're right up there and they're going to have a chance to grow a little bit more as well. Which is good. I think Cook Islands are one of the better sides anyway. So it is good to see them move up in the rankings. Well, you're going to see potentially they could be in the World Cup, you know, if they beat the USA. And, yeah. you know, you want to see close to the best 16 teams in that World Cup. So Cook Islands at number 28. It's probably when, close. When you had a look at the rankings, Cubs, was there anyone you were surprised about? Not really. Just that Cook Islands jump. But everything else, like I said, not a lot has changed um, for the on the men's side of things anyway um, since – since the start of the year when we had our, or was it late last year when the rankings were last announced? Um, yeah. I would have liked to have seen maybe, I would have thought maybe New Zealand had a chance to move up to number two since England haven't played this year and New Zealand have, of course, beaten Tonga. Um, and There's the, one that stands out to me. Yeah. There was, Scotland was still in the top 10 above teams like PNG. When I had a look into Scotland's recent results, yeah. I, I hadn't heard much about them. And in their last 12 matches, all they've had is two draws and 10 losses. Like, admitting that their draws were against New Zealand and Samoa, and one yeah. was in a World Cup clash. So it makes sense. But you look at PNG's record compared to Scotland, you would think they deserve to be a bit higher above. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I guess the last time Scotland have really played would have been those uh, World Cup qualifiers at the end of last year. Um, well, they drew with Samoa at the World Cup. Yeah. That was... That was their last decent result. But besides that, they haven't been winning games. I guess that's the thing. So all of all of Scotland's recent matches, and it's a good point, have been World Cup matches. So they've either been yeah. in the World Cup or qualifying for the World Cup, and they're going to be doing that again at the end of this year. Whereas a side like Papua New Guinea, which you mentioned, they they played Oceania Cup uh, B. They're not. It's not. Doesn't have the high weighting or ranking that a World Cup qualifying game would. So. I guess, and and that's the thing, you know, it, what looks pretty simple on paper, you think, oh, PNG's a stronger side or, or what have you. But, yep. um, yeah, obviously a little bit more complex than that. And I just kind of wish that it was a little bit more open, kind of like maybe uh, your, your tennis rankings and stuff like that, where yep. we know what points are worth what and who's exactly what's who. going on. Like it should be a little bit, I wish it was a little bit more, I guess, transparent, but we don't really have that. Um, the one point that I did want to say as well, again, I'll go back to mentioning New Zealand, like they do have a chance to creep into second spot by the end of the year, because as we know, England, they're not playing any, uh, test matches this year. Of course, the Great Britain Lions are, but that doesn't count towards England, of course. So if New Zealand beat Australia in November, they'll jump into second spot. And, um, it's a massive game for them. And just goes to show, like, England really should have been playing test matches this year. Like, it's pretty important. But, mate, that's the men's side of things. With the women's, uh, we'll go through that as well. So the top eight, they remain the same. Uh, Newcomers, Fiji, uh, there's actually a few new teams there. So Fiji comes in at number nine. Samoa, number 10. That's after those Oceania games earlier this year. We've got Brazil, and we'll be talking a little bit more about Brazil later on. They're in at number 11. Turkey, number 12. Serbia, 13. And uh, Lebanon have dropped five places to number 14 because, as far as I'm aware... They haven't really been playing. They haven't they? played anything. Do they even have a team? Who knows these days with Lebanon. But yeah. uh, not a topic we're going to discuss tonight because the fans didn't want to talk <laughs> Lebanon. They wanted to talk Gold Coast Titans. But um, I'm guessing a little bit of Lebanon stuff will come up in the Golden Points as well. But, mate, uh, the rankings are in. 
Um, it seems pretty, you know. Not I think a... it's pretty fair. I, besides, besides the PNG, I, I agree with everything else. This episode of Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by mascotbrowns.com and mascotbrowns.com.au. Now, Jake, I know you haven't been on the show since episode 15, but you have been listening. So I'm going to give you a little test. There's a discount code, which will give you 10% off at mascotbrowns.com and mascotbrowns.com.au. Do you know what that discount code is? I do, mate. It's Kangaroo Court. Mate, you've been doing your homework. I love it. So Kangaroo Court, 10% off, mascotbrowns.com, mascotbrowns.com.au. So, Jake, topic number two, and the Rugby League World Cup committee have announced the eight women's nations for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. Uh, via their social media channels last week. So those teams are, and there's a couple of surprises here, but we'll go through that. England are the hosts, Australia are the holders, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Canada, the Cook Islands, France, and Brazil. And in the wheelchair nations, are uh, they'll named as well. So that you've got England, France, Australia, Norway, Scotland, uh, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. So yeah, some awesome, so a, f- a few different nations there to the men's, which I really love. They're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, Jake, uh, what are your thoughts? Any big surprises? Yeah, very surprised by Brazil, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really heard anything about Brazil in the women's game, but I've, since they've been announced, there's been a few articles. Yeah. I think one was written by the Australian coach, actually, saying that he's um, seen a few of their players run around in the rugby sevens, and he reckons they're going to cause a few surprises at the World Cup. Uh, it is a big surprise. It shocked a lot of people. It didn't shock me, I'll tell you, because I um, a few days ago on Twitter... I sort of guessed who the eight nations would be. And if you replace Cook Islands with Fiji, I got really? it right. So I had Brazil there as well. I had Brazil, I'll be, and I'll be honest with you, I won't lie. I had Brazil or the USA because I thought Nate, Nate Gladden's doing a great job. Yeah. And um, one of those sides would be there. I just didn't think they'd both be there. But yeah, I had Fiji ahead of the Cook Islands, which um, which probably surprised me a little bit, mainly based on how well Fiji did in their match against PNG, uh, you know, probably about a month they ago now. They beat 28 nil, look, didn't they? They did, but look, I guess that goes on to that, – that, that answers probably my next question as well. So who is unlucky to miss out uh, considering that sides like Brazil are there? Well, I had Fiji as well just because, like, they had a convincing win against a highly ranked PNG team. And they, they also have a strong squad of um, rugby union players. So I thought they'd be there for sure. I guess the other one you could say is the USA, but that's probably because we have a close connection with Nate. We know what's going on there. I think we're a little bit biased there. Hey, for me, it was it was Fiji because of that game against PG as well. And their coach, Adrian Vows, on Twitter, uh, immediately after the announcement, uh, he tweeted, you were fucking oh, kidding me. That. And that's a direct, that's a direct <laughs> quote. Um, according to NRL.com, Fiji are set to launch an appeal after the side missed out. So they're obviously quite upset. I, I do know that Italy are upset as well. They're ranked number eight in the world in women's rugby league. Uh, they've been doing a lot development-wise. Uh, they've played a few games as well, uh, Serbia, Turkey. Uh, so so they'd be quite upset not to be there as well. Do you know much so about leads what me to, the criteria was? Or? That's, again, like the RLIF rankings, it's a little bit sort of shady. It's And I'll... I'll read what I know. I'll tell you what I know. So each nation was assessed against set criteria that was reviewed, uh, that reviewed their current international and domestic infrastructure, their plans for growth, and their potential impact on the Rugby League uh, World Cup 2021. So to me, like reading between the lines, and like what I do know, so in the case of Fiji, right, so these nations put in application, there was no, obviously no um, qualifying matches yep. here because obviously money did not permit it, time did not permit it. And to be honest with you, from the time that they submitted their application six months ago to now, the women's game has probably doubled in size around the world. Yeah, and that's not right. no exaggeration. Like when, when the applications were made, Fiji hadn't played a game yet. So we can sit here and say, yeah, Fiji, they want, they beat PNG 28 to nil, but we didn't know that was going to happen six months ago. Exactly. And, right. uh, so, and so I guess that's one team too, aren't they? USA is new as well, but I feel like the 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 assessment criteria kind of says um, we can do whatever we like yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the the World Cup committee because it's kind of saying okay, it's going to be uh, nations with current domestic and international infrastructure, but there's also you know this whole part about their plans for growth. So that's kind of where Brazil obviously fit in. I'd love to have seen their their application because it sounds like it would have been incredible. 
uh, for them to have gotten this far. The other one is potential for impact in the competition. To me, that's like a financial one or a marketing one. So that's where you see like P&G. I mean, the the movie Power Mary has probably done wonders for their brand. In terms of women's sport, they're one of the most recognized brands definitely in rugby league, if not in, in world women's sport, thanks to that movie. So they're sort of looking at, I know the, the Rugby League World Cup committee, one of their key um, criteria, one of their key KPIs for this tournament is they need to make money. So they need some of the best brands there. Um, I, but, you know, I, it doesn't answer the question about Italy, really, to me. So like I said, Fiji, I understand, but I kind of feel like Italy were a little bit shafted and maybe I'm biased as well. Yeah. Everyone... Everyone knows my heritage and my background, <laughs> so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But have you like, had a what it does? Have a chat with Nate about USA. Or... I had a brief chat with Nate. He's um, obviously like really happy for the nations that made it, in particular Brazil, because they're representing the Americas. Um, obviously yep. um, disappointed that they didn't make it themselves, the USA. But but. 2025, definitely, I think, um, because it's all systems go. And like I said, six months ago. You know, the, the USA women's side was just an idea. Yeah. And now here they are with players and, and a, a plan and a strategy, which, which Nate has outlined on his show. So that's really exciting. But for me, what's exciting as well is this idea that an emerging nations could be on the cards. Um, so have you heard much about that? No, to be honest, I haven't. <laughs> well, look, there's, there's been a few whispers about an emerging nations um, World Cup for the women's to coinc- or run concurrently with this World Cup. Haven't heard anything about the men's, but you'd think if there's a women's one in the works that there might be a men's one, men's as, well. one as well. And I know yeah. for... Well, I hope so. And I know for a fact, speaking to Nate, like the USA are keen to be involved in that emerging nations. I've spoken to Stu McLennan. I know Greece are keen to be involved. I spoke yep. to Adrian Vowles on a Fiji are keen to be involved. And from a lot of articles that I'm reading online, I know Wales are definitely keen to be involved because they, they mention it in all of their, their articles featuring women's rugby league at the moment. So that's four strong teams that could be in this emerging nations. And I would presume that like Italy, Serbia, Turkey, Tonga and Samoa would be keen as well. Well, they'd be crazy. So we could have to. at least they're still we, getting some games in and getting their definitely getting out there. And that's that's a strong that's a strong next group of, of nations as well. So it sort of gives the Fijis and the Italys a chance to prove that you know, hey, we should have been in that top World Cup, and you better not forget us in twenty twenty five. But it also proves to me that you know, I know this was sort of thrown together. Um, I won't say last minute because they've been planning it for six months, but like I said, a lot has changed in women's rugby league over the last half of a year. So hopefully by 2025, we have a good qualification system and structure in place and the best eight teams are there. Not saying that the best eight teams aren't going to be there this time around, but I just, I guess it would be a little bit fairer if there was a qualification involved. You can't really blame the RLIF. Like it's amazing. It's quite amazing how quick this women's game has grown. Like I said, incredible. Like Fiji weren't even an idea, you know, over six months ago. The USA weren't it, like you. You did not expect anything like that. Brazil, we're only hearing about now. I've got to say, I'm really excited about them too. I've got um, I've I've got a I've got someone from Brazil Rugby League coming on in a few weeks to talk to us a little oh, bit about good. that and everything else happening in Brazil. So that's going to be really exciting. But um, yeah, just I'm really like it just adds a new flavor to this World Cup. It's not the same old, same old. You know, Australia, New Zealand, England, a few Pacific sides, maybe a bit of France, but like it's just something different and I'm really excited about it. Which brings me to the wheelchair nations as well. So you've got sides like Norway in there. So we're just adding just a few different flavours. Um, yeah, really exciting stuff, man. So yeah, can't wait, can't wait for all of this. Should be the draw for the, the tournament. Good to watch as well. They're very exciting. I think I think so too. I think it's gonna be without doubt the best World Cup we've seen. 2021 really looking forward to that and international rugby league just keeps getting better the draw for the tournament will take place in november so once we know who those final men's sides are as well we'll have all the pieces in place and uh, we're going to find out very soon what that draw is looking like for 2021 we're going to get a little bit close at home we'll talk a little bit of nrl but it's kind of relocation talk so we're allowed to talk about that hashtag grow the game and all that's good stuff. So there's been plenty of talk, re the Gold Coast Titans, over the last couple of weeks over here. Um, do they deserve a place in the NRL? There's talk of a Brisbane-based consortium wanting to to move them slightly north so we can have our, our Brisbane 2 side. Jake, uh, where do you sit on the issue? Man, I had a bit of a look into it today. Uh, originally, I thought relocation was a good idea. But once, once I've done a bit of research, I think it's a bit harsh. I mean, 
the club has only had two winning seasons in 11 years. So, like, it's hard to get fans. I think it would be hard for any club to kind of get fans or anything like that. So I don't think that's the issue because when you look back through their stats, the two winning seasons they had, their average crowds were very high. Like, they were like close to 20,000 both years. So I don't think it's the... The problem is support. I think they just need... To was that early days as well? Was that early Well, days? that was 2009, 2010. Yeah. So it was yeah. probably about three... I think they were three years into the comp. So you're saying if they were winning, they'd have fans? I think that's the case. Man, it is a tough one, hey? I mean, you hear a lot about that Gold Coast being more of a party city. People rather go to the beach than watch rugby league. There's been a few... You know, we've seen the Gold Coast Chargers, the Seagulls, the Giants. They all failed there. For me, that's probably the reason why you wouldn't abort a Gold Coast team because we keep aborting them, you know, within like a decade or so of their of their tenure, and yeah. you can't just keep doing that to the city. To me, like it's it's important that they do stick around on the Gold Coast because a it's it's Australia's sixth biggest city, yeah. so it's a lot, one of the largest cities in Australia, and it's growing. Um, AFL are throwing tens of millions of dollars into the area. Um, so, you know, it's obviously they're trying to eat into what, what we think is rugby league heartland. I think it's important to have it there. It's kind of like, uh, there's a lot of good juniors coming from there as well. So a lot of the good high schools from Queensland, I think it's, um, Corumban. you might know more about this, mate. Yeah. Palm beach, Corumban and Kibra park are, all, are sort of in that gold coast sort of region. So there's good juniors coming through all the time. So I do think we do need that gold coast team and I don't want the Titans to relocate, but for me, like. And I wrote a, a short sort of article about yeah, this on, on Instagram and Facebook. And that's sort of where I stood on Like, I'm not saying that has to happen, but to me, it was like a missed opportunity. Yeah. So for anyone that didn't that didn't read it, for me, the branding of the Gold Coast side, so the Titans, like the Gold Coast Titans, to me, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's, and it's the Titans brand, yeah, it's just a big, like American sounding brand. Uh, remember the Titans, Denzel Washington, people think of that and think, oh, yeah, cool, it sounds great. So, like, the fans or the, the local community were asked to vote for for a name and the Titans got got the nod. And I think, actually, the Dolphins would have got the nod if Redcliffe Dolphins didn't make a big song and dance about it, and that probably would have made a lot more sense for yeah. that region, the Gold, the Gold Coast Dolphins. But, like, the Titans, to me, it doesn't mean anything. Blue and gold, all right. It, it mean it's the blue and gold colors are about like the sand meeting the water and that sort of stuff, which they're not I kind the of get. Colors, but oh, man, Parramatta are blue and gold. Now we've got like sort of like a sky blue, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's they they should have really gone with got their own colors in a way. So that's why to me, like I always thought the Gold Coast was a good opportunity to bring back the Bears and maybe not even just the North Sydney Bears, but merge them with the Burley Bears. So Burley have been around since 1934 on the Gold Coast. Very well They played in the... Yeah, very well established. They played in the Queensland Cup since 90, uh, 1997. They've won two or three of those as well. So they've got a really good history and a great following on the Gold Coast. Um, and you could bring the North Sydney Bears up, have a following from Sydney as well, bring back the Bears. Everyone kind of wouldn't mind seeing that happen. The Gold Coast Bears playing in black and white on the Gold Coast, I just think would have been such a great opportunity. And it would have been easier kind for of... people to get behind. They would, they would have had a base in Sydney as well, which would have helped out. Imagine a situation where the Gold Coast Bears could play the Brisbane Broncos and that rivalry would be as fierce as if, if they came down to Sydney and played the Manly Seagulls. Yeah, or imagine if, like, you know, you'd have two or 3,000 Sydney-based fans that could buy what I'm calling like reverse season tickets to watch the Gold Coast Bears play away games in Sydney. Yeah. There'd be, you know, seven or eight of those games as well during the year. So I just think it was a missed opportunity. The Gold Coast Titans don't really draw away uh, crowds very well in New South Wales in particular. This would have solved that problem too. Uh, that's kind of where I stand. I know it's like really far-fetched kind of right out there sort of idea. Yeah, but it makes I know sense. It's ve- it, it, when you look at everything that you've said, it, it, it all makes sense. It makes more sense than the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> I always make sense, Jake. That's, <laughs> I try to make sense anyway. But I think, but, I think um, at the end of the day, like all them clubs you listed, all the Gold Coast teams, Gold Coast United, Gold Coast Suns, like, none of them are successful. And I, I, don't, I feel like it's not really Gold Coast's fault for not having the numbers at the games. Like, I just think they need a team to get behind a successful team. Yeah, the Gold Coast have never had a successful team in any sport yeah. to get behind. And uh, maybe maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe the players go up there and they, 
they're hanging out at uh, the c- casino at Broadbeach. I don't know. <laughs> or, or Who knows what's going on? But look, I, I think there's definitely potential for Gold Coast. I actually think with, with Mal Meninga uh, really at the helm at the club at the moment, that he's going to really change their culture. That the next In the next few years, we're going to see a real shift. And I think if they play their cards right, like you look at how the Broncos are going at the moment, you could see the Titans sort of become more of a force in that southeast Queensland region. I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna be a bigger brand than the Broncos. Like the Broncos are a juggernaut, yeah, but they're they huge. But be. they don't have to be bigger than the Broncos. They're just you got to be another Brisbane, another strong Queensland team. Do you think a second Brisbane team in this case, like question without notice, but do you think a second Brisbane team coming in would sort of hinder the Titans even further? Like, do we need to give the Titans an opportunity to establish themselves a little bit further? before a second Brisbane yeah, team I do. comes I, in? I think if you bring a Brisbane team in now, I think you may as well kiss goodbye to Gold Coast Titans. It's kind of like New Zealand. Like we're, I think I feel like we've been waiting for the, the Warriors to win a grand final before we'd even talk before about, we even think seriously about talk about a second New Zealand team. So it's kind of a bit like that. But look, in terms of the Titans relocation, I think we can agree no to relocation for the Titans. And to the Bears, if they the North Sydney Bears and the Burley Bears were prepared to merge. I think that would be fantastic. But in all honesty, this all, all this talk probably means nothing because I think the Gold Coast Titans are here to stay and they're definitely staying on the Gold Coast for the foreseeable future. I think if they make a few, their next few moves are very crucial, I think. Like if they, they get a good coach in there, they start winning some games, they've got to offload some players as well. They've got a lot of their caps taken up by wasted space, to be honest. Any players in particular you want no, to mention? I'm not going or... to mention any names. But... <laughs> <laughs> they got eight... I read somewhere James Super saying the other day that eight players are taking up 50% of their salary cap. And I had a look at the list of players today, and you've seen the list. The money some of these players are getting is ridiculous. They wouldn't be getting half that at other clubs. Episode 31 of Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. And Matt specialises in logo and kit designs for developing nations and rugby league clubs at affordable prices. Jake, have you seen, you've probably seen some of Matt's stuff on our Instagram page recently. Yeah, I love, to be honest, my favourite of the colour rush. And I also like the job he did on the Italian jersey. He did really well, man. And I just saw yesterday uh, the USA women's jerseys. Um, on his page and on Nate's page as well. Straight up fire, man. They're so good. Is there so any chance of getting a Chasing Kangaroos one design? <laughs> we might have to ask him. I'll ask Matt how much he charges. And you should too if you're a developing nation or a club or anywhere around the world, anything really, if you need a logo or a jersey, jump on board now before this guy goes mainstream because he will be designing NRL jerseys in no time. He is that good. So it's www. Uh, com. I will have a link in the show notes as well or you can check out his work at Matt Haynes Sport on Instagram uh, yeah I'll add it to the show notes but thank you again Matt for supporting the show alright mate bonus topic here we go yeah mate good to see nothing's changed every time we record <laughs> there seems to be a topic pop up the day of we should change it. We should change the rule to four topics a week instead of three because we always end up sneaking in that bonus topic. But we had to, man. It's rugby league rebooted. The NRL have announced the down to nines World Cup pools and rule changes. Uh, this only happened yesterday. We were recording on Tuesday night. It happened on Monday. Um, so we've got to talk about it, yeah, mate. Well, we so, wouldn't be mate, an international the... podcast if we didn't. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So here are the facts, mate. Let's let's go through the pools. Let's talk about how it works. Maybe we can talk about some of the rule changes as well and um, maybe some of our predictions. I think it's easy to predict. You consider yourself a little bit of a tipster. I think you're probably <laughs> going to get these right. So pool A, we've got – it's sort of like the powerhouse pool because you've got Australia and New Zealand there. Yeah. You've also got Papua New Guinea, and we've got the USA, poor old USA. I think they're yeah, going to have a little bit, of, a little bit of trouble. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've spoken to a couple of the players who are likely to be in that USA squad. And um, they're really pumped uh, to be part of it, really pumped to be have a chance to play like Australia, New Zealand, PNG. But I think they're a little bit scared. They're under, yeah, they're under no... I can't really blame like them. <laughs> yeah. They know it's going to be tough going. But uh, so that's pool A. Um, two of those sides will qualify for the final. So that's important to note. You've got Australia, New Zealand, PNG, USA. Two of those sides will qualify. Pool B, one of these sides will qualify for the final. So you've got England, France, Lebanon, and Wales. So that's more like your European pool. Yep. And then pool C is the fun pool, mate. It's the island Pacific Island pool. So you've got Tonga, Cook Islands, Fiji, and Samoa. That's going to be an exciting pool. pool. 
mate, in the women's as well. So we've got the four teams there, Australia, New Zealand, England, and Papua New Guinea. So with the women, the top two sides will play off in the final. So, mate, let's let's sort of run through those again and, and tell me, like, look, I think it's pretty easy pickings, but you tell I mean, me, Pool group, A. Is, group A is definitely yeah. the strongest of the groups. And you would presume Australia and New Zealand are going to go through, like, the, if you look at the players Australia can pick from, they're nearly going to be unbeatable. I hate to say it, but I really don't see them losing. Man, you've got Tedesco, Adokar, Ponga, Munster, Damian Cook, who I think might be the captain. Yeah. I'm just sort of guessing that, throwing that out there right now. Um, I think they're going to be very hard to beat. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. Like, Australia New Zealand, they're going to go through in Pool A. Like, yep. there's no doubt about that. Pool B, it's probably obvious as well. England, France, Lebanon, Wales. Like, to me, that's England going straight through there. I don't see too much of a challenge from the other sides. Yeah, me either, to be honest. I, I, I reckon I'd have England as second favourites, to be honest, based on players' form right now. I don't know about that, man, because England, like, in terms of forwards, they're really strong. But in terms of backs, I think Australia and New Zealand – and even maybe yeah, some of the Pacific point. sides all over them. Man, Pool C, this is where the fun's kind of at, because you've got your Tonga, Cook Islands, Fiji, Samoa. You'd have to think Tonga are the favourites to go through there, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a Fiji sort of knocked them off. Yeah, well, Group A is um, definitely the strongest, but you'd have to say Group C is going to be the most competitive. Definitely. And I kind of wish they mixed them around a little bit. Like, to me, it's kind of like – it was kind of like <laughs> – it's a little bit easy, you know. They've kind of set it up for Australia, New Zealand, England, yeah, and is. Tonga, uh, possibly Fiji in that in those semi-finals, which is kind of disappointing. I really hope we get a big upset. Like it would be cool if like PNG could knock off Australia or New yeah, Zealand somehow. Great. You know, like I said, a lot of the fun's going to be in that pool C. Man, and with the women, same thing. You've got Australia, New Zealand, England, Papua New Guinea. The top two will go through. You'd probably have to think that's an Australia, New Zealand affair as well. Right. So. Uh, I hope we're wrong, man. Like, it sounds – we're making it sound boring. Like, it's not <laughs> going to be boring. It's going to be exciting. But, like, it seems so obvious. And I hope in hindsight we look back at this, and look uh, you like know, in a couple of months' time. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, oh, my God, Wales have won or something totally off there, so, something totally crazy. A couple of rule changes, right? So – or they're saying they're rule changes, but I'll go. I'll run through them with you. Let me know what you think. So they've, they're adding 20-40 kicks along with 40-20s. Yep. So that's pretty cool. They're adding uh, five-point tries in the bonus zone under the post, that's, which I believe they did. similar at the other tournament that they used to run. Yeah, they did that at the Auckland Nines, yeah. at the Club Nines. So I'm, I don't know if that's new, but it's cool. It, it's, it works well. 25-second uh, shot clocks, which is important in the I'm shorter games. I'm pretty sure that was and, at the Auckland Nines as well, to be honest. And I'm pretty sure this one was too. So golden tries to decide drawn games. Yeah. So um, yeah, most of those rules we have seen before at Nines tournaments. So it's Probably not really rugby league rebooted, but yeah, the main one is the twenty forty along with forty twenty, which is pretty interesting. What do you think about that one? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I I don't know if too many teams will attempt it. To be honest, I don't I don't see you being stuck in your own twenty that often in nines, especially in nines. And I don't know, does it add confusion? Like, are we constantly looking at where the players are standing when they're kicking? Yeah, I probably would have just left game. it with forty twenty. I don't yeah. I don't predict that you'll see much kicking, not long distance kicking but- anyway. Well, you never know. We'll see how we go. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. And hopefully it's not we're not overcomplicating things with, with that rule there. But it should be exciting. And I guess the nines are the perfect time to trial that as well. Mate, uh, one final question, really. Are we going? That's what I was just about to ask you the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm pretty sure t- tickets are available to the public tomorrow. Um, I think it's like 70 bucks for a two-day pass. And... Yeah, Bankwest Stadium, awesome place to to watch rugby league from. I don't know if you've been. Well, have you been, been there yet? yet? So that may be my first appearance there, unless Dragons somehow play Parramatta in a semi final before then. But can't see that happening. Mate, I, mate, I am boycotting Dragons games until the coach is sacked. <laughs> but I'm not going. We're not talking about that tonight. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be your first first outing at Bankwest. But we'll definitely be there. We're going to have to buy some tickets tomorrow. And uh, yeah, hopefully we see some of you guys there too. So let's have a beer. Let's watch some some Nines World Cup. It's going to be awesome. Hey guys, just interrupting to let you know that during Golden Points, I called the Indian Jungle Cats the Indian Wildcats. Just a slip of the tongue. I'm really sorry about that mistake, but yeah, just so you know, I uh, haven't edited it out or anything like that.
Mate, it's time for everyone's favourite segment, Golden Points, and uh, I'm guessing you haven't prepared any. I haven't, mate. This is the segment that made you famous, <laughs> so I thought I'd just let you have the spotlight. <laughs> I don't know about famous, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely my favourite uh, my favorite segment, and I, I know a lot of people look out for these ones because we get to go all the way around the world and just bounce around so many different, different results and, and news articles from the World of Rugby League. So look... I'm going to excuse you for not finding any yourself this week, <laughs> simply because I know you've been studying hard. The study's over. You didn't want to do too much research today. So why don't you just sit back, chime in with a little funny comment here or there and see what happens. I'll do mate. my Let's best. Let's see how we go. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, golden point. We'll start in Canada. So the Toronto Wolfpack, they've won 16 in a row and they've secured the minor premiership for the championship with a 24-19 win over Widnes. Uh, so they've taken the minor premiership. And, uh, mate, they've had a few close games in recent times, so I don't know if they're a little bit worried that, um, you know, a repeat of last year could happen. They're sort of flying, and then towards the back end, games got tighter, and uh, we all know what happened with the long- London Broncos now in the Super League. I can't say but, mate, uh, Not this year. So, yeah, look, they did have a close one against against Widnes and um, close one last week as well. So you never know. But, mate, uh, golden point sticking in Canada. So the British Columbia Grand Final is set for this weekend. So we had some semifinals last weekend. So the Point Grey Thunder, 34 over the Valley Warriors, 14. And the Coastal Cougars defeated the Vancouver Dragons, 26 to 22. So Point Grey, it's their first season. So really great result for them making the Grand Final. The Coastal Cougars, they've won a couple of, uh, they've won this competition a couple of times previously. And uh, very happy to announce that I'll have uh, BCRL Director uh, Josh Knight. Uh, he'll be joining me on the show next week. So we can hear all about the Grand Final, mate, over in British Columbia and Canada, amongst other things too. That'll be interesting. So it's going to be fun. Mate, uh, so you can have a week off. You just heard it now. Uh, you've only been back one week and you're already on holidays. What are you? You're like a school teacher. I think I'll be back. Um, time, mate. Mate, definitely. You'll be back the week after, hopefully. We'll see how we go. Mate, golden point over in Scotland. So the Edinburgh Eagles, they've taken out the Scottish National Cup final. After coming back from an 18-0 deficit, they eventually defeated the Strathmore Silverbacks, 30 points to 22. So Scottish Rugby League, they cop a fair bit of flack for like not, re- and I say this in like, yeah, not really playing domestic rugby league. So it's good to see that the likes of these teams, Glasgow Rugby League, the Fife Lions, uh, they've been involved in what was the first Scottish National Cup since 2013. Uh, the win for Edinburgh means that they've qualified as the Scottish representative for the 2020 Challenge Cup, which is really cool. cool. We'll definitely be barracking for them. Yeah, definitely. How many teams that competition? I think it was the four. I yeah. think it was the four. So um, they had a few games against each other. Uh, but 2020, uh, 2019, it's not over for the Eagles yet. Uh, they finished second in the North East English League. So they're also playing in the North East English Conference as well, where they finished second. Uh, and they'll play third place Cremlington uh, Rockets in a qualifying playoff this Saturday, July 27. So really exciting times for Edinburgh Eagles. And good luck to them as well. Um, golden points are over to Ghana. So another championship here. The Bulls are the 2019 champions of Ghana after a 40-30 to 30 victory over the Scholars. Uh, the Panthers defeated the Pirates 20-6 to 6 to finish third in a doubleheader at the University of Ghana Rugby Fields. I think there was four teams in this competition, one of the first four Ghana. Uh, the focus now turns to the MEA Championship in Nigeria later this year, where the best from the Ghana Championship will be selected to represent their nation. I'll just say a comment on your mentioning Ghana. I had a had a remark from a mate the other day praising you, really, saying that he, <laughs> he listens to the episode every now and then and he can't believe the stuff you get, like the information you get. <laughs> well, I'm very happy that at least one guy is listening to the show. So that's really exciting stuff. Good feedback. Uh, look, it's, look, well, that's why we're here. I'm trying to find – that's what Golden Points is all about, trying to find those bits of news that not many have heard about. And look, I'm guessing this one is one that a lot of people would have heard about because it's been pretty big news in the world of rugby league. Uh, So over to Wales, Golden Point in the League One. So the West Wales Raiders, uh, 44, defeating the Coventry Bears, 16. Now, this is a first win in two seasons for the Raiders and they've improved out of sight this year. Everyone I speak to from Wales tells me how important this uh, this team is to the, for the development of Welsh Rugby League and how much potential they have in years to come to become one of the stronger clubs, especially in that region. Uh, so they're very patient. They're doing all the things right. 
Uh, they've got the Aussie coach over there who's who's been fantastic as well. And at the moment, they're definitely everyone's favourite Welsh club. So well done to the Welsh uh, West Wales Raiders uh, on your first victory for a while. And hopefully it's not the last for this year. So hopefully we can get they get off the bottom of that League One table as well. Mate, uh, golden point over to the Netherlands. And this was nearly a topic tonight. Uh, it wasn't voted in by, by the... Mate, just outvoted. But we have to talk about it uh, because... Um, yeah, it was a grand final over there. So we'll talk about that definitely. So we've all heard the saying when it comes to grand finals, you have to lose one to win one. Well, for the Den Haag Knights, it's you have to lose five to win one. Oh, wow. Because they've made their sixth grand final in a row and they finally got a victory. Uh, they, they defeated the 2018 champions, the Amsterdam Cobras, which is a side that we've been sort of backing on this show. They beat them 20 to 16 in what was described to me as probably the highest standard of Dutch Rugby League uh, match that was played this season. So really great work by both of those teams. The Cobras led for most of the way. And um, at one point, one of the Knights players had like a Greg Inglis moment. I don't know if you remember the, yeah, the time South goal. played the Dragons <laughs> and he went for a field goal and they were down by two. Well, it happened here. So the, Knight, the Knights the Knights were down 16-14 with about six or seven minutes to go. And they attempted a field goal thinking the scores were drawn. But yeah, luckily for them, a few minutes later, they took the lead for the first time. Uh, with a game-winning try in the final minute. So, well done to all involved. And, yeah, Dutch Rugby League. That's an upset. Fanta- Amsterdam would have been favourites? I think so, man. Because if you look at it, like Amsterdam, they won last year in Golden Point against Dead Hug in the grand final. Earlier this season, the sides drew. I think it was like 22-all or something like that. But just a week before the final, the Cobras beat Den Haag like 40 by about 20-something points. It was like 44 to 12 or something minutes. like that. Massive turnaround. Um, but, yeah, really good quality game. And, uh, man, the ri- I'll tell you what, the rivalry between these two teams is up there with, like, some of the biggest rivalry, rival- uh, rivalries in the world. I've been speaking to players on both sides, and they hate each other. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's like... It's like I don't, it's like Manly versus the Western Western Suburbs Magpies in the seventies. Like it's just this intense rivalry. They hate each other, but uh, some of them are going to have to come together because a thirty-man Dutch squad has been selected for their upcoming tests against uh, the Czech Republic in August and Germany in September. And I've even heard that like a match between the Knights, uh, the Den Haag Knights, and the German Rugby League champions is being planned but it hasn't been confirmed at this That'd stage. Cool. So it's it's sort of, well, it's a game that they try and get up, like the Dutch champions versus the German champions. They try and get it happening each year. Uh, it hasn't really happened over the last couple of years, just for a few different reasons. Uh, financial, uh, the test matches are on. Uh, rugby union kind of starts yeah. again as well. So unfortunately, it doesn't sort of happen. So it's sort of very tentative at this stage, but a few people are making noise about it. So maybe it'll happen. We'll see. watch this space. Made golden point over in Spain, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago, and I'll just mention the score lines again. So Spanish origin happened a couple of weeks ago. Valencia, 44. Madrid, 32. And, uh, yeah, we're going to see more of those guys that took part in the World Cup qualifiers against Italy and Russia at the end of this year. So that's really exciting. And speaking of exciting, mate, golden point, India and Colombia. So you probably saw this one, Jake, but the Indian Wildcats in their very first game. How good was it? Their, their logo is pretty cool as well. They defeated Colombia 30 points to 16 up in Brisbane. Oh, really? really ex- what was that? Sorry. I'm shocked by that. Oh, mate. It, well, India had a pretty strong side. So a lot of like domestic players from the local Auckland competition with like Indian heritage. Yep. So they had a lot of heritage players, a couple of players from the USA. RL, uh, for, yeah, the USARL also. Um, and Colombia, um, as mentioned on episode 30 by Rob Bergen. And Rob, if you're listening, mate, which I'm sure you are, thanks for that. It was one of my favorite, probably my favorite episode of Chasing Kangaroos. So thanks for doing that for us. Um, he did mention that Colombia were pretty much all Colombian-born players with the exception of Andrew Zulaga, uh, who has a Colombian dad, I think. <laughs> yeah, really, really exciting times for both these nations. And like I've heard some crazy things like India and China are about to stage something as well, rugby league wise. So, uh, and I know Colombia obviously doing some great things uh, with the Latino, uh, with the South American cup later on in the year too. So plenty going on. And that just goes to show how, how wide this rugby league world can be. India versus Colombia. Mate, golden point. We're going to go over to Lebanon as well. So (laughs) via Twitter, uh, this is a short one, man, but the, the Lebanese Rugby League Federation announced via Twitter that misconduct charges against three Lebanon heritage players have been dropped following an investigation. Now, 
that's all they said. Uh, so, and that's all I can find anywhere. I don't know who the who the three players are. I don't know what happened to the other fourteen players that were also charged. I don't know what's going on, but uh, this it's is a bit sort of, a of mess, becoming a, a bit of a mess. It's becoming a joke, mate. Like it's it's. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully we hear more about it soon. And this comes after Lebanon International Josh Mansour indicated that the nation was likely to withdraw from the Nines World Cup as talks between the governing body and players continued to stall. So uh, we'll probably be hearing about that more soon. The the clubs, the players, the, the board over there, they're still in negotiation. It's probably been happening for about a month and it looks set to continue. Um, I don't really see an amicable amicable conclusion happening anytime soon based on everyone that I'm speaking to that are involved. Uh, but look, hopefully we can sort this out before the nines world cup, because it might be pretty embarrassed. I uh, have to pull out last minute and yeah, yeah I hope we've good. got it. I hope, I hope we've got a 13th side ready to go. And uh, I know there's a few out there that have put their hand up for that. So let's see what happens. Make golden point. So over to the UK, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Super League. Well, actually, not Super League, Challenge Cup. So the Super League's on hold this week. And uh, Challenge Cup semi-finals are on this weekend. It'll be a triple header at the University of Bolton That's Stadium. Cool. Uh, it, yeah, it's really cool, man. The women's final. So Castleford Tigers will play the Leeds Rhinos. And Castleford, like, I don't know if you've been following the women's league over there, Jake, but they've been smacking every team that they come near. So they beat aside 100 nil. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but they are absolutely killing it, and they're getting good crowds too, man. Like they're getting crowds of a few thousand, which is really That's impressive good. over there. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. So I think Castleford are the favourites to take out the women's final, and in the semi-finals for the men. So you've got Warrington Wolves uh, taking on Hull FC, and I'm going to ask for your tips, man, because you're a bit of a tipster. But Warrington versus Hull, and then St Helens will be pay- uh, playing the only Championship side left, which is Halifax, which is pretty cool that they got this far. Yeah, but mate, let's start with. We'll start with that game because I think that's pretty easy. But I think St. Helens versus Halifax, who's your yeah, tip? St. Helens wins that quite easily, I think. Depending. They, they, may rest they should the players, win. but they'll win either way. Man, I don't think they will. They rested about eight or nine players for their London Broncos match last week in the Super League, which they exactly. lost. And I don't think they cared too much about, like, they're top of the league by, yeah, like, five or six cool. games. So they're not worried about that. But they rested their players for this Challenge Cup game. So... Uh, they're taking it very seriously. And I think, yeah, Halifax are in trouble. Yeah. But, um, yeah, stranger things have happened, I suppose. I mean, what about Warrington and Hull? Well, Warrington's my team. So I'm gonna, I've tipped them to win the Super League, so I'm going to tip them to win this game as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, I think Warrington are definitely the favourites. But I don't know if we can underestimate Hull, man. They've been, I think they've been in the final of the Challenge Cup for like three of the last four years or something ridiculous like that. They really know what they're doing in this competition. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset there. I'm going to say Hull. You're going to go just Hull. To, just to make it interesting, just to go against you. I know you got a perfect round in the NRL last week, so <laughs> I'm scared to go against you. But I just want to make it interesting, mate, so we have something to laugh about next time. Mate, um, golden point. I think this is the last one. Have I got any more? Is this my last golden point, Jake? No, I've got one more after this. Golden point, USA. So thank you to Nick Newland for sending this one in. He's the USA Hawks captain. He shared this feel-good story. Uh, feel-good story. It's proof that rugby league really is for everyone, man. So uh, Felipe Casanada has, has starred on the wing for the, the Jacksonville Axemen this season. And despite being disadvantaged, um, being deaf, um, this week three student interpreters have been on the sideline at Jacksonville Games to sign and communicate calls to Felipe wow. so that he can understand... Yeah, it's really cool, and it just goes to show, like, this is rugby league, man. It's the people's game, yeah. and uh, it's for everyone, man. Anyone can play. So thank you to Nick for for tagging us in that one and mentioning that to us. And, uh, mate, final golden point for the night. So there's been a lot. We've had two weeks off. Sorry, guys. There's plenty to talk about. <laughs> but golden point, France. So Western New South Wales, the country town of Parks, will host the French rugby league team who are set to face the Western Rams uh, on October 30 this year. So the Rams are like a rep side from the region. And they last played France, actually, in Bathurst in 1990. Um, and it's expected to be the only hit out for the French prior to the Nines World Cup in Sydney. So really cool. It's like a real old-school tour of France. And while I wish they were sort of playing test matches against other nations while they're here, it's pretty cool to yeah, see them doing cool. this old-school. Yeah, it's going to be great for uh, for Parks as well. So obviously drought-stricken 
uh, country New South Wales at the moment. They need all the help they can get. And if there's a French side coming to town, could really boost the, the, the economy in the region for that weekend. So really cool stuff. And um, we're going to try and bring more and more uh, from, news from, from parks when France are over there. So that's going to be really, really exciting. All right, Jake. Well, that's our episode tonight, and I think I'm losing my voice. So you could probably, I probably hear it like I've had about a pack, two or three packets of cigarettes. So uh, <laughs> disgusting. We all know you're, you've given up. <laughs> I don't. Gave up years ago, mate. But uh, you, you know, you never know the effects these days, <laughs> mate. Good to have you back, Jakey. Um, good to be back, when mate. are you coming back, man? You're going to be back next week? No, you're not. No, you're I'm not. not. You've already I've got jo- me. <laughs> One week. In, I'm I've gone. got Josh. <laughs> Mate, you've been terrible tonight. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, you've been fantastic, man. It's been really good having you back. And uh, but I do have Josh uh, coming in. He's he's actually the vice president of Canadian Rugby League. He's a director at the British Columbia Rugby League, and he's the head of the Vancouver Dragons as well, who lost their semi final this week in the British Columbia him competition. Or will he be on, the, on his own? Yeah, it's going to be. No, it's going to be interview style. Um, but it'll be a three topics. I think I haven't spoken to him about this yet. So Josh, if you're listening, mate, I'll send you an, um, an email soon, but I'm thinking we're going to, because he's involved in like all areas of Canadian rugby league, like yep. from club, domestic, national, like all that sort of thing. I think the topics are going to be split into like, um, development for all of those areas. So we'll look at, we'll look at what's happening and what's happening in the future at the school level at club level and then at like national level. So I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So I'm still toying around with the format in my mind, but I think that's what it's going to look like. So Josh, looking forward to that one. Um, I've also got, I mentioned this too, but Zach Grundy from the Brazil rugby league, he'll be with us in a couple of weeks to talk about everything Brazil. Um, I actually heard him. He was on um, rugby league in America podcast this week as well. So really cool to hear him uh, and really excited to ask him, a wide range of questions about Brazil and really dig deep. So it's going to be really cool, but we've got plenty more in the works. Yeah, I think so too. Well, look, that's going to be about probably three weeks away. So we'll let the dust settle on the women's, uh, on the women's world cup announcement and really start to dig deep on everything that's happening in Brazil. I really want to learn as much as we can there because I'm really excited by it. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, plenty more in the works, but I'm trying not to plan too far ahead of myself, man, because <laughs> yeah, we've, we're getting a lot of, uh, there's a lot of potential interviews and co-hosts and, but yeah, going to keep Jakey, Jakey in the mix as well, man. So thank you for being here, mate. We need to say thanks uh, to Ricky Cancino and Ash Barco for our theme music. We're we still, still, we're still you, loving it. We're still thanking Ricky. Mate, you know, I met Ash Barco at Ricky's wedding a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and he's a really cool bloke. So, Ash, if you're listening, thank you for the music, but also you're a cool bloke. So, awesome. <laughs> How you going? Um, <laughs> mate, I think that's everything, Jake. Have I missed anything? Not that I know of, mate. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll be back next week, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show, and fuck you, Nagati. Haven't said that in a while. <laughs> We we need a new sign off. I was about anyway, to say fuck you, you Charlie, but <laughs> no one remembers that guy. See you guys. <laughs>